Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today we're joined by Midori Verity from the US, and she's going to talk to us. And for those of you who have been long-term listeners, you will understand how challenging this is going to be for me today, because Midori is going to talk to us about a proven goal-setting framework. And you all know how much I love those words. So this is going to be a great learning experience for me. But I'm very happy about that. They all know that too. <laughs> what I am most interested in, though, let's move along, is about becoming laser-focused and self-sufficient obstacle scalers. Now, this is an issue that we have talked about on and off quite often in the podcast over the years, and I am most interested to see how that relates these days with the, given the challenges that we have all had in terms of management over the last few years, that we can now become self-sufficient obstacle scalers. So welcome, Midori. Lovely to have you with us. Yes, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Having made my uh, confession, I guess we have to go straight into the proven goal-setting framework. Look, see, I can say it, even though I'm not yes. comfortable about it. And for Midori's benefit, and those of you who haven't heard me on this topic before, I came out of probably 20 years of training and development where we only talked predominantly. The only management tool that was talked about was goal-setting. And what I found and my objection to it was that it negated the idea of, of a human intervention and that goals were often results-oriented in terms of the result itself rather than the involvement of the people. So I understand that involvement of the people has developed since those, that time, but I'm keen to hear what the current setting is for goal setting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that, Kim, because what I am seeing you know, when you talk about people, obviously we know that there's this great exodus of people leaving. It's hard to retain people. It's hard to attract people right now. And what I have found is that when they, when companies have a comprehensive program around goal setting and around accountability, it changes that game quite significantly. And so talking about goal setting, here's, here's why I'm seeing that. So the type of goal setting, I think is kind of the key. So it's not just setting some big number that, that you want to achieve. It's more about having a company and personalizing this company, personalizing any type of company using a few different factors. So getting clear on what are the values that this company is about? What's the mission? What's the vision? And how does it tie in? And so when you can talk from that framework, one, you're going to create a culture that brings in people who are in alignment with that, right? So they're motivated, they're excited about it. But there's a number of factors that need to go in to setting up these goals and conveying it to these potential employees or staff members so that everyone's in alignment and it's clear what the heck you're going after. So in terms of that communication, does it come down to one person deciding so you've got the, the, the mission statement and the values that they're in place and they've been decided. Is it one person determining the communication style or do you leave it up to the individual leaders within the, the bigger organisations to communicate that in a way that, that they think will work best for their team? Okay, that's a big question, Kim. That's, that's a big one. But let me just, you know, kind of the overarching answer to that is 
I believe it needs to come. It depends on the size of the company, of course, right? So if it's a smaller company and there's one founder, it needs to be communicated from that founder. It needs to be very clear. It needs to be compelling and it needs to be exciting. However, when it comes to working in teams and with other people, I'm a big proponent of a behavioral system called DISC, the DISC assessment. Um, sounds like you, you've heard of it. And there's other ones out there too. But the reason why I brought that up is the DISC assessment is all about speaking to others the way that they want to be spoken to, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is another critical factor in creating relationships in a business where people feel valued, they feel heard, and they feel connected. So that's my answer to your communication question there. I like it because my biggest concern over the last few years is that there's been, because we've lost the the interpersonal one-on-one conversations happening that, you know, it goes through a screen or it goes through email or some other way, but we're not as good at reading signs with other people when we're communicating. We've gone back to a one-size-fits-all communication style where it's, we'll send out the email, here's the template, it goes out like this regardless of what the reaction is. Or if we're at a meeting, it, that's a failing that I have as well. People tend to look at the screen rather than the camera. So it looks like they're not quite looking at you, but you can't quite work out what it is that's not right. And so the communication side of the things, it was always important. But I think we're understanding now, having had restrictions on that communication and communication styles over the last few years, we're seeing the results of not focusing on that as well as we should have been because we were perhaps more focused on getting things done in a different way and and getting used to that system. I completely agree. Yeah. One of the questions we sent to you was about entrepreneurs in corporate cultures. We have talked about this before. A lot of our listeners are from bigger organisations. We've talked about it before, but we've never really talked about it. We never really explored it, I guess, is the better way to put it. So what are your feelings about entrepreneurs in corporate cultures? Is there a place for them, number one? And if there is, how do they maintain the entrepreneur mindset when they're in that structured environment? Okay, so I want to clarify what you you are meaning by this this question, because I think it it can go a number of different ways. Yeah, so are you talking about an entrepreneur coming in to a corporation or are you talking about the mindset of an entrepreneur within a corporation? I think it's the mindset. Okay. Yes. I've worked with entrepreneurs, you know, for the last 30 years and there is a drive that is in an entrepreneur that is unmatched in any other, any other manner that I've ever seen. And so if you can bring out the inner entrepreneur and team members that you have, I feel it's a win. I also think it can be very challenging right? Because an entrepreneur typically, stereotypically, they are very strong-minded. They want to do things their way and they may not agree with, uh, Kim, you're raising your hand, uh-huh. <laughs> with, with the way that um, someone else wants them to do it. So therefore, how do you still respect and bring out the best in that person who is, who does think like an entrepreneur? Is that right? Is that yep. kind of what, you, what you're yep. asking? Yep. Yeah. So the way that I see this is that's where goals come in even more, become more valuable 
So if we all know where the company wants to go, they know their big objectives. So whether you're using OKRs, EOS, the BHAGs, or what I use is called the summit goals. It doesn't matter whatever goal mapping system you're using. You know, it it just doesn't matter what the goal setting system is. However, as long as everyone's working towards that big goal and everyone's staying focused on the same thing, there's some room to allow those leaders to play the way that they want to play, as long as they're achieving the same, the goal that that was intended, right? So giving them that, that nuance, letting them kind of do it their way so that their genius is coming out. I think that's such a powerful skill to bring out within those people that are working in your firm is allowing their zone of genius, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit to shine Mm. and let them play there because that's where they're the most effective. That's how I would say, honor those inner entrepreneurs who are within your organization and help them bring it out, lead the way that they want to lead. That then makes the leadership somewhat vulnerable. The vulnerability issue we've talked about with others, we seem to be seeing a little bit more acceptance of it. But if you're in a corporate world, and as an example, I'll say Fuliana worked in the finance industry. So an industry that is very structured, very formalized, steeped in tradition and doing Mm -hmm. things a certain way, the vulnerability that you express as a leader to allow these people to to do whatever they want to do within the framework to to meet the goals. How do you reinforce for yourself that this is the right thing to be doing? Yes. What we're seeing is our old way of running businesses is not working. People are leaving. And a big reason why they're leaving is because they're not feeling satisfied. There's something that's not landing well for them. And so let's bring up the whole concept of the financial world, because yes, it is kind of the old boys club It's steeped in tradition and ways of doing things. Times have changed. They've changed dramatically and we have to adapt to make it work. And we have to honor and listen to what's really going on with the people who are working for us. Right. And so in fact, I have in, in my field of fire organization, I have a woman who worked at Morgan Stanley for 20 years and she was a trainer there and she has spun off and now she's working exclusively with women in the financial world. And what she talks about is these women do better. They're more successful when they get to play by their rules Mm. and not have to fit into the man's world in general. I'm talking in, you know, in stereotypes, but we tend to be more relationship oriented right? And so when we can do things in our own way and where we feel comfortable and where we can shine and where we can tap into our zone of genius, and we're not trying to fit into someone else's definition of what we should be doing, we tend to be more successful and more authentic. Yeah, because you're bringing a lot more to the organization than what a few people being in a leadership position. Of course, they have a say. But what you're talking about is the ability of an individual to contribute and to keep it within a certain framework. I guess that's where you said at the beginning, the values of the organization and the ethics. So as long as that person 
they can do it their way, they come up with their ideas as long as within that broad, yes, we don't do we do it around here, but we're very ethical. This is our values and this is the purpose of this organization. It should work. Right. Yes. And it takes a while to bring in new systems into any organization. The bigger the organization, the more challenging it is, right? It takes some time. But what I'm going to say is when you are very clear and you stick with the values and your missions and your visions that you state and you are consistent with those, you're going to create a culture in the organization. So when you have these people who come in, who are your leaders, you can't have everyone acting like an entrepreneur, but when you have your leadership team who is behaving more as an entrepreneur, they're taking more ownership of their goals, right? What I have seen when you give that type of leeway, as long as they're staying within what the, the main parameters of the organization are, what the main goals are and what the core values are, then you create a culture. That is something somewhere where other people want to be Mm. and they're feeling uplifted and they're feeling recognized and they're, and they're able to, again, play in their zone of genius, which is the most valuable place to be. We'll take a break in our discussion with Midori Verity. Join us for part two, where we look at discovering our own zones of genius. For now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. 